oh shit i, I ain't never heard that before <laughs> <laughs> welcome in to beyond mechanics joined in as usual by jim greco of living legends we in on friday instead of thursday jim preparing for his ccs battle who you guys got we got, we, we got Aragon on Saturday, 1 o'clock at Aragon. Man, good luck with that. What's going on, Jim? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, just um, happy to be very, very busy again uh, with baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's the exciting part. You kind of forget. I was just talking to my uh, coach, George, um, one of my assistants, and uh, I was just kind of laughing because I was like, dang, bro. I was like, I don't remember us being this busy, but we, we were always this busy and we just got out of our routine. You know, the, the pandemic just kind of mm. ruined the routine of everything. And we're trying to figure everything back out again. Like, damn, we really, we were doing all that. <laughs> you know, everything was just organized and flying, you know, it's the well-oiled machine and it took a while to get it well-oiled, but then it's like when you don't use it for a while, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, they say it's like riding a bike and it kind of is, but you know, you need some WD-40, you need some... Right. You need to retighten the seat, you know, the the wheels, the handlebars, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, get it back going again. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're what we're doing. Good, 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 man. Well, listen, today we got a good topic. We're talking about umpires. Yeah, deal with umpires, all things umpires, man. Yeah, and that's gonna be a good conversation. I don't think it's talked about enough. People need to know that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, man, I've been digging deep into legendary fitness. Yeah. I like homeboy, man. Hey, talk a little bit about him again, man. So, so coach Joe, again, one of the, one of the things that he used to be um, was a, a fitness instructor or a personal trainer, you mm -hmm. know um, he also used to be in the, in the competition. So, you know, he was working out and, and doing these bodybuilding competitions and stuff like that. So um, I used to have a really good friend when um, when I was actually when I graduated high school and he was actually doing these things. He was 18, 19 years old and just always ripped and yoked. And he was he was working out three times a, a, a day uh, for, for these competitions. I met three times a day. And we're talking, you know, these ain't curls with dumbbells. You know, what I mean, we're talking bench pressing 400, 500 leg pressing, you know, working every muscle and tendon and <laughs> whatever you could, you know. Yeah. And so, so Joe's kind of one of these dudes and, um, you know, he's, he, he loves fitness. He loves, you know, just like we all love baseball. Um, this is also one of his big passions, um, besides baseball is fitness training and all that kind of stuff. So he knows a lot about, you know, um, the body, um, what it needs, um, what your body might need versus somebody else's. Um, cause everybody works a little differently. You know, everyone's got different metabolisms and all those kind of things. And, uh, everyone grows a little differently. So he understands all this stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, a couple years ago he came to me, he's been coaching with me personally for about five or six years. But prior to that, we coached together at Briarwood little league. Um, and that's where I first met him and seen him. And, um, I actually, him, um, he has a son in, in our, in our program, a stepson. And, uh, you know, I've coached, I've coached his kid and kind of through that, we kind of just I brought them in the living legends and they started out when my program started out with a, with a younger team. And we watched that team uh, blossom and grow kind of under his tutelage and, and mine and stuff. And just the last couple of years, he really wanted to get back into fitness. He kind of, you know, walked away from it for a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, he finally was like, Hey Jim, you know, here's what I'm, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I'm thinking, you know, and kind of like me and you, when we were talking about how we can help each other, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I'm just like, yes, you know, this is, 
because we were doing fitness stuff in my program. We're doing agility stuff, speed stuff, strength stuff, but not, you know, not to the next level. And uh, so he wanted to take it up another level. And then obviously he wanted to go into business of just, just doing that. It'd be great if he could have his own business um, doing something he loves, you know, his, his, his real passion. So, um, you know, I highly encouraged him and told him I'd help him do whatever, but he, you know, he took it from there and kind of started running with it, you know, and it, with everything there's, there's bumps in the road and yeah. it's, everyone thinks it's easy. Oh, I'll just, I got this idea. I'm going to go put it out there and it's going to make millions or, it's going to take off. And no, there's a lot of work. It's a lot of work behind the scenes. It's a, you know, it takes a lot of time to get a business off the ground and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, no doubt, no doubt. you know, he, he got his going and, and everybody's starting to hear about it and it's, it's coming around. And obviously, you know, my program's pretty big. And so uh, a lot of my kids started joining little programs with him. Even my son, I had my son uh, join a program uh, for, uh, you know, coming into his freshman year in, in college. Um, and my son gained a good 15 pounds of muscle um you know just you could see it you could see it on his body he was coming home and you know he's looking in the mirror and doing all this you know checking out all his all his muscles you know and stuff like that and showing us and I'm like damn you know there's some real improvement right there in front of my eyes you know over the course of a three-month period um you know gain of 15 20 pounds of pure muscle and then he you know four or five other guys that worked out with him also um you know that that I coach they also gained they all everyone had gains of like 10 pounds or more um, and all these kids needed it. They're all, you know, good ball players. But, you know, as you know, especially guys trying to go to college, um, you know, the one thing everyone's looking for is bigger and stronger, you know, and, uh, you know, your little, your little, your little boy body, you know, can only do so much for you. You got to eventually turn it into a man body. And, uh, that's what he's helping kids do. He's helping kids get to that next level, um, not just on the baseball side of it, but, you know, physically, physically, how can we get better at what we do and, you know, when that bat starts feeling a little lighter in your hands yeah. and it flies through the zone a little quicker and you're running a little faster and, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing the ball take off off the barrel a little bit more, or you're throwing four or five miles an hour harder. Like those things are, you know, difference makers, yeah. you know, so that's what he's doing now. And, and we're actually about to ramp up. Um, he's got these pods that he's putting together, kind of like what he did with my son. That was kind of like a, a trial an error type thing that he was doing with my son and, and, and a few of his friends or whatever. And uh, it went really well. So now he's going to do these little pods, you know, groups of like three to five guys, um, you know, doing these uh, workout weightlifting um, classes that he's doing where he, you know, touches all parts of your body uh, with the weights and gets you going on it. And, and the cool thing about this is that you can come do this with him for a month, two months, three months or whatever it is. And when you're done with it and you move on, you now, you know, you can go get a gym membership somewhere and you have a whole instruction manual mm -hmm. kind of in your head already of what things you need to do to continue the process. Right. So it's not like you got to stay with him for the rest of your life and do this stuff. Uh, obviously, it's good for his business if you keep working with him and, and he'll certainly help you with all that stuff. Um, but he's given you information and he's given you the ability to continue doing this for the rest of your life um, without someone having to hold your hand doing it, you know, or whatever. It, it, it does at some point it takes you, you know, you got to want to do all this stuff or whatever as well. So um, he's showing, he's showing these kids the right thing and doing it the right way. And we're seeing improvements and all these kids, a lot of them were juniors or seniors this year in their, for their high school teams. And uh, all these kids, like I look everywhere, I, I go and find one. Oh, hitting three fifty, got five, six bombs. Like, uh, you know, one of, you know, one of our guys starting against Aragon tomorrow, um, our lefty, he was in, he was in the group and, uh, 
he he's throwing two three miles an hour harder than he was throwing you know a little while ago and uh he's bigger and stronger and just you know he, he was a great pitcher all year long so there's a lot of good stuff that's coming from it so um you know i definitely highly advise everybody that's especially in our area you're trying to get your kids bigger and stronger hit up legendary fitness coach joe um and he's really going to definitely take care of you and make sure that you're getting where you got to go and he knows what it you know he knows what it takes he knows what you have to do so yeah hey e even if you don't want to work with him you should follow him on instagram yeah. he's, he's a good follow because he he talks a lot about the nutrition side yeah thing from snacks to meal to meals to uh work he does workout i mean it's just it's a good follow if you're trying to get better in that area of your game so anyway yeah Glad we touched on that, man. Let's get into these umpires, man. What's first on the list? Man, there's so many things with umpires, man. But, I mean, the, the biggest thing, you kind of hit on it earlier, is no one's – well, everyone's talking about it, but nobody's talking about it publicly, about umpires. I mean, first of all, I could say I'm taking a risk by talking about umpires because if all umpires start hearing what we have to say or whatever, they might not like what we have to say. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're just being real. We're, we're telling you what's really going on out here. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, for instance, obviously over a year and a half, you know, if you haven't been playing baseball, everything gets rusty. Your swing gets rusty. You know, you're, you're not going to throw strikes like you used to, all that stuff. Well, umpires are rusty too right now. Um, and so I get all that. You know, I, I, I pulled a couple umpires aside actually in the last couple tournaments, and I just – I was getting kind of a, a questionnaire, you know, like, hey, was, was this real tough for you? Like, are you having a hard time coming back, you know, from umpiring, like, did you see the ball the same way? Was it tougher? And, you know, a couple of them actually told me, like, he's all, honestly, Jim, yeah, the, the first tournament, it was a little rough. He's all, I'm not going to lie, you know. So these umpires are telling me the truth, you know, and let me know. So I, I'm glad they are because it, it makes, you know, lets you know they're human. You know, they are human beings, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but one thing that, you know, that does bother me about umpires is that when people say, well, they got a tough job. You know, they got a tough job. And I'm like, well, you know, because you have a tough job, does that mean you're allowed to change and alter how a game could be won or lost? Um, you know what I'm saying? So that that's an, that's an issue to me. Um, I, I see games are altered all the time based on umpire calls. And unfortunately, at the youth level, you know, you're not you're not you're not able to uh, reverse a call or anything like that. I mean, you can ask for help and sometimes they will do that. Um, but that's another thing too. Some umpires are just, no, I made the call. I saw it. You're out safe, whatever it is. Um, and not even willing to go ask the other umpire, just hey, time out. Let's talk real quick. Um, hey, did you see something different? Cause you got a different angle than I did. Um, it looked like he got him on the shoulder, but did you see that? You know, a, a quick little simple conversation that would take less than 30 seconds for two umpires to go do to just make sure we get the call right. Because that's all at the end of the day, most of us coaches, we just want to feel like you guys care about getting the call correct. You know, if you didn't see it, you missed it or, hey, coach, I had the bad angle on it. That's what I saw from where I'm at. And that's your excuse to me. I can live with that. You know what I mean? But when we're just ego, you know, out here, and we're no, that's my call. Get back in your dugout or I'm kicking you out of the game. And that's your first response to me of the day. Well, that's telling me we're going to have a rough day. Um, that we're going to have a rough day. 
Um, and, and that's tough to me, you know, those, those kind of attitudes, you know, to me, especially at the youth level, you know, my job's tough. You want to talk about your job's tough. All you got to do is sit there and watch the ball go over the plate and decide if it's a ball or a strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not only do I got to watch all that happening, but I got to coach the kids and our kids are different. All of them have different personalities. I got to make the lineups. I got to decide who's going in, who's coming out. I got to decide to send a guy home. I got to decide to hold a runner up. You know, I got to, I got to decide all these things all day long in a game. And there's tons of decisions going on. Plus I got to deal with parents and talking to them and dealing with injuries. And there's lots of, so we got a tough job too as coaches. So I don't, you know, where someone comes out, Oh, umpires have a tough job. First of all, they, most of the time in any games I'm in, those umpires are getting paid and they're getting paid pretty well. Now, could we pay umpires more? I got no problem with paying umpires more as long as they do a really good job that, you know, I'll, I'll pay an umpire anything. It's very similar to like our police situation, right? Police should make a lot of money. It is a very tough job. Your life's on the line, but you should do a very good job of trying to keep people safe and not kill people either. You know, um, paramedics. I just dealt with the paramedics the other day because our second baseman twisted his leg and his kneecap popped out and we had to call 911 and they came right? You don't want to talk about a tough job showing up to a scene where a guy's kneecap is on the side of his leg and he's screaming and yelling in pain. Um, and you got to handle that situation. That's a tough job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of people have lots of tough jobs. So I just think that's a cop out when people say, um, umpires have a very tough job. Um, I think you chose that job also. You know what I mean? It, nobody was like, Hey, I got a gun to your head. You better go back there and call balls and strikes right now. And I'm not going to pay you. That's not what's going on. Right. That's not what's going on. They're getting paid. They're trained, certified. They're with an umpire association. Um, they're supposed to be professional at, at their job. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not in the minor leagues. I'm not in the major leagues, but I call myself a professional. I'm a professional coach. This is what I do for a profession. So I do hold myself to a high accountability. I'm called a living legend. That holds me to another accountability because there's no way I'm going to walk out there with living legends on my chest and shit the bed. I'm going to go out there and try and do a great job every time I go out there. Am I perfect? Do I make all the right calls all the time? No, because that's the life of a baseball coach. We do make mistakes, and we also take a lot of risks. Um, but umpires, you know, yes, I know you're going to miss. You're going to miss that ball on the corner that you're not sure if it was a ball or a strike, but you can be consistent. You can decide, well, anything near that spot, I'm going to go ahead and call that a ball or I'm going to call that a strike, and then I'm going to stick to what I just did and not because there's 15 minutes left on the clock. Am I going to decide to start calling more strikes or start opening it up? Right. And changing the zone because things like that are happening all the time. Umpires are changing zones through the middle of the game. I do understand that, you know, it does take umpires a little bit to warm up sometimes to a game. I can, I can understand that a little bit. That's why they get behind, you know, in the, in the first inning, they get behind the catcher and see a few pitches, see what the movement looks like and all that kind of stuff. A good umpire does that. They get back there and they see what they're going to be looking at before it actually happens. That way, the first pitch you throw, if you got two, three inches movement away, right, I, I got a good idea that that's what your ball does. Um, I'm not going to be trying to pay attention to the, all these catchers trying to frame the ball and move the ball six inches back over the plate and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think just a lot of times umpires can be easily manipulated by catchers. That, that stuff happens a lot. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But I do want to give some shots out. So I got a, I got a buddy, Troy Adams. 
Troy, one love to you out there. He, he's one of the better umpires that's, that's out there um, doing lots. I mean, this, this guy probably umpires, I don't know, four to six games a day, um, you know, during a weekend. So, he, you know, he might do 12, 15 games over the course of a few days um, out in tournaments. And he's an awesome umpire. He's one of those guys that goes out there. He's got a great attitude. He's having fun with the kids. He talks to the kids. He talks to the coaches. He introduces himself. He lets you know what kind of day it's going to be out there on the field. And I think that's something that everyone can learn from. Because, you know, we got asshole coaches, too. We got coaches that show up with bad attitudes. I get all that. I understand it. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Most of us, we want to go out there and just have a good time. We want to just see our kids compete and have the best opportunity to see who's better, your team or my team, and let them compete against each other and not have weird things happen throughout the game that are altering what really could have been happening in, in, in the game. And we want it to be fun. We, we don't really want to know that the umpires are there. And, you know, that's something I know me and you talk about. The best umpire is the one you don't even know what his name is. You didn't know he was there. You didn't even really talk to him. You know, because if that's the case, if I haven't already had to talk to you after seven innings of baseball, you probably did one hell of a job. Um, and, and that's the best umpire you can have. Nobody showed up to any baseball game that I know of, right, to see the umpire. And what he did, unless you're an umpire recruiting association <laughs> where you're looking for umpires. Otherwise, everybody else that showed up came to watch the kids play. Uh, they came to watch a good game. They might have came to watch a championship to see who was going to win. Um, that's what they came to see, you know, and they, and they want to see that the game was played out to its full length without something crazy happening that, oh, man, you guys, you guys would have won if that foul ball was called correctly, you know, or whatever it might have been. Or, you know, I've had this happen. I mean, we literally watched the home run go over the fence, well over the fence. And it was called a ground rule double. And we're just like, are you? No way. Like, you know, you start questioning yourself sometimes as a coach. Like, am I blind? Did, it, did I not see what just happened? Um, and, and it's crazy. You know, sometimes I just, I, I don't know what sometimes people are seeing. But that is where, um, you know, we, we got to start coming up with solutions. We got to start coming up with solutions for what, what are we going to do? Because, um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm getting long winded on this, but there's just so much to talk about on it. And there's so many different categories. Um, but, you know, umpire associations, I know a lot of umpires and a lot of umpire associations and, um, you know, they're telling me the numbers are dropping. Um, you know, they've lost a hundred, 200 umpires over the last, I'd say three to five years from their association. Why are they losing them? Well, some are retiring. You know, so they, they are getting older. Our umpires are getting older. So as you get older, what do you start to lose? Eyesight, you know, hearing, maybe your mobility. Patience. Patience. <laughs> yeah, certainly. You're, you lose all that stuff as you get older. All of us do, especially men, right? We, yeah. we, lose, we lose these things. Yeah. And um, if there's nobody out there making sure we still got those things, and that those things are still adequate enough to do our job, um, you know, then we're, we're continuing to go out there and make this money that we were making while we were in our prime, but we're out here now just kind of flying by the seat and calling these games and, and not doing any kind of continued learning. You know, I, I just don't know. And I'd love if there's an umpire out there that can disagree with me and tell me all this great stuff that they're doing to continue to be, great umpires like we take these classes every year or I get recertified every year 
Um, you know, I, I, to me, I feel like it's just like a driver's license. You know, you should have to re-up that every so often. Um, you might have to take some, some online learning. I mean, we do it as real estate agents. I mean, there's lots of jobs where you just have constant learning that you have to continue to do to keep your job. You're talking to a teacher, man. That's all yeah. we do. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. I, same thing as a coach, the coach at Wilcox high school every year, no matter how good I am, no matter what I've done and accomplished, I got to continue to do these learnings. I got to get CPR certified every so often. Again, um, I, there's everything I have to do in, in order to maintain my job in order to keep doing what I want to do. So why don't our umpires, why don't they have to do these things? And I think if we had a bigger, um, a bigger outside body, I guess, that would kind of control some of these things and just help, just offer it, you know, make it, make it free, you know, make it something that's free. So it doesn't cost money. Um, if, if we could, you know, but make it a requirement that, you know, these tournament directors can control these things that, Hey, your association, we need to make sure that all your umpires that umpire in our tournaments, they got to meet these credentials. We could start doing that. Now, the only problem is we got the business side of baseball. Right. And at the end of the day, most tournament directors just need an umpire umpiring the game. Right. Where they get them, how they get them and all that kind of stuff. If you're short a couple umpires and you call some guy up who says he could umpire and he says he can be there for the eight o'clock game tomorrow. Well, he's going to be there. You're not like, well, hey, what's your zone like? And uh, when's the last time you umpired and what's your certifications? And You know, they're not doing that. Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, they're not doing that. So, you know, they're showing up. And and honestly, man, uh, you know, two weekends ago, I was out in Morgan Hill. And again, no disrespect to the people out there that know what I'm going to be talking about or whatever. Um, you know, all these tournament directors, we still we still work with you. We're, we're still going to be playing in your tournaments. We know how things go. It, it ain't the first time I've had bad umpires. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're going out there and there's a ball in the dirt for a strike. And there's a ball, there's a ball across your eyes for strike two. You know, here, here's where you're altering the game. You're now confusing the kids. The kids aren't stupid. They got a good idea, especially when they are 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. They got a very good idea of what strike zones are. These guys didn't just start playing baseball. A lot of these kids have been playing since they were five, six years old or whatever. Now, by the time that they're teenagers, they got a real good idea of the strike zone, just like the umpire should. You know, many kids go and umpire at their little leagues, too, and, and they're and they're trying to learn and do these jobs. So they got a good idea of what it is. And when you're seeing a ball bounce in the dirt for strike three, you know, and then you come back to the dugout coach. That ball's in the dirt. What do you want me to do? And me, I'm like, throw the bat at it. You know, like if we know that's what he's going to do, I, you got to throw the bat at it or something. But this is what now I have to teach the kids because there's no you know, we don't accept striking out looking. You know, we, we hate to accept it, but now I'm asking a kid to do something kind of stupid um, and, and outside of his game. And now that's also something mentally that that kid's got to deal with in his at bat. So obviously the other approach is, well, we got to hit them early. We can't wait till there's two strikes on you. We got to jump on the first close enough pitch that you can get some barrel to. So that's another way this is altering the game just without even a call. You know, once we see the call, Cool. Now the rest of the game, all my guys are going to have this different approach than we came into. Now, you know, that's adjusting. That's adjusting to your umpire. It's adjusting to the game. And that is something you got to do as a ball player. 
Um, but it's happening because of the umpires and, and their zones and the, the moving and rotating zones and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm going to stop talking for a little bit because I, I want to hear from you and some of your experiences umpiring. Cause I know you told me like, you know, you, you got kicked out of a game, uh, you know, and stuff like that while you were playing and, and you've had some umpire run-ins and stuff like that through your pro career and stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious, you know, what your thoughts are on the umpiring situation and what you've, what you've seen and where you think it's going. And I think at the root, at the root of the problem with umpires is there's no accountability for umpires. Yeah. So what I mean is if I don't do my job well as a player, I get released. If you don't do your job well as a coach, you get fired or nobody wants to play in your organization. Yeah. But because of the scarcity of umpires, there's so few, they have no consequence for doing a poor job. And without consequence is permission. <laughs> you know? so, so I think that's at the root and, and, and the, the lack of umpires, it puts the leagues, it puts these organizations that put these tournaments on in a bad spot because we really can't twist the screws on them too hard because if they just walk out the door, then that affects our bottom line. That affects your bottom line. That affects the kids' ability to get a chance to get better and play. It just, yeah. they hold the key. So I think accountability is one thing. Another thing is we, we got to keep in mind umpires are – a lot like players and coaches. And what I mean by that is, look, Jim, you're a coach. Yep. You've been coaching a long time. You know you got two, three, four guys on that team that are outstanding. And you've got a lot of guys that are average, and you've got some that are below average. That's A team is made up like that. Yep. And the same thing is true with a pool of umpires. You're going to have some superstar umpires. You're going to have some average umpires and you're going to have some below average umpires. It's just the nature of anything. You're going to have some great coaches. You're going to have some average coaches. You're going to have some below average coaches. And a lot of times you're just going to get stuck with a below average umpire. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. He just sucks. He's not trying to suck. He's just like that second baseman that sucks that you might have. He ain't trying to suck. Another thing is like, when people don't have a lot of experience doing something and you stick them out there, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna suck. So you got a team full of football players on your team. You got to teach them all the basic rudimentary skills of the game fundamentals. Same yeah. true with these umpires. They don't know. So I think, I think they're just like players in that sense, man. And the one thing that I think everybody needs to know is they're human. And they feel pressure, just like the players, just like the coach. True. And a lot of times their reactions are based off the pressure they're feeling. Yeah. Like, hey, get out of here, get out of here. They don't, they don't want that heat on them, Jim. Yeah. So I, I think all that stuff you said is true, but I think it's just like a team. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, man. And there really, there ain't no accountability. Yeah. Yeah, that accountability is is the biggest thing. I think that's kind of what I'm talking about too, is that, you know, so what's a solution? What do we do? How do we help get more umpires? You know what I mean? 
how do we get more kids to want to be an umpire that you know those those kids that maybe the baseball career isn't isn't the path for them but umpiring could be you know getting them more involved whether it's in little league games you know for for me just so you know I'll give a little background on me and my umpiring um, and yes, you know, cause I get to, this question happens all the time, especially online. You know, everyone online wants to be like, well, I, I dare you to throw on the, the umpire gear and get behind there. Like, yeah, I did that. I could do I that. Did that. <laughs> I did that a lot actually. And I made good money doing it and I had a lot of fun doing it. And, but you um, were a good player too, Jeff. <laughs> I was a good player too though. So it was like, um, you know, I did this as my hobby. This was like more, another way for me to be involved in baseball and do something baseball that um, wasn't, you know, during my practices or, or games and stuff like that. Uh, I used to umpire at Sarah Little League when I was in middle school. I, and, and the funny thing is, I had a teacher. She was an awesome teacher, probably a teacher that, that saved me a little bit in middle school. Um, but she actually, she, she really cared about me for some reason. I, and it was our, our uh, baseball connection was what it was. She was a Giants fan. I was an A's fan. Um, and, you know, we would poke fun uh, at each other and stuff like that. But uh, she was on the board at Sarah Little League. And um, she asked me, she was like, hey, she's like, you seem to know so much about baseball. She was like, you ever think about umpiring or whatever and stuff? And I'm, and I'm like, I'll do it or whatever. And I'd never done it. You know, I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I could, you know. And she's like, well, come to Sarah tomorrow, you know, whatever. So I go there and uh, we talked about it. And she's like, you want to do a game today? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so I'm nervous. There's no doubt about it. Like I've never done this before. And then, you know, it's awkward that first time putting on the, putting on the gear and then walking out to the field and you're, you're the guy in control of this game. You know, you, you, you feel that pressure. Like I just walked out here. All the coaches are looking at me from both sides. The parents are eyeing me down. Like, who's this dude, you know? And I'm like, what, uh, 12 years old, something like, you know, <laughs> right around there. And uh, I, I want to say this was a minor league game and I'm behind the dish and uh, I go behind the dish and, um, you know, I kind of create my way of umpiring, you know, while, while I'm back there. And it, it took me a couple games. Um, but I mean, honestly, right away, I know my strike zone was pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, again, I took in the fact that these are young kids, that some of them were bat was glued to their shoulder. They weren't going to swing. They're on the outside of the chalk line, <laughs> you know, and they didn't want to, they didn't want nothing to do with the pitcher. And uh, for me, well, your strike zone got a little bigger, you know, and uh, the guy who was up there swinging it, he got a regular strike zone because I could see, you know, we weren't going to sit here. I don't like walkathons. I, um, I'm going to call strikes. I'm going to call strikes. If they, if, if these balls are hittable and you should have swung at it, especially in a youth game, Let's call strikes. And that's some of the things that I'm seeing right now that I just can't stand. It's like umpires, for whatever reason, rather walk everybody instead of force kids to swing. Now, again, if a pitcher's out there literally throwing everything to the backstop, you can't be calling those strikes. You know, so there, there's, there's a give and take here. I'm, I'm talking about a kid who's near the zone. He's close. And we're talking 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. They're close. These kids are still learning how to pitch. Yeah. So I can't be super critical. Now, is there 10, 11, and 12-year-olds who absolutely shove? Yeah. There's some 10, 11, 12s that can just go in there and carve you up, right? And I'm not making it harder for that kid, though. Sometimes I've seen it where the kid throwing, you know, barely getting it in there, he's getting all these calls, and then this, this would happen to my son. 
my son would go in and just sit there and paint and you'd just be like ball <laughs> and I'm like hey man what are we doing here you know what I mean you're trying to make my kid work harder but he's the more skilled athlete out here hitting his spots and in this kid you're just giving him everything you know and he he, he don't he's falling over when he in his wind up you know so there, there's there's lots of little things like that but man I umpired for a good couple years. Um, I have fun doing it. Um, I certainly had a couple times where I called a guy out and, and the ump, you know, everybody got pissed off at the umpire, didn't like the call. And it's just, you know, you're going to, you have to accept it. It's going to happen because you're going to upset a team with the calls you're making. Even when I call a strike, the other team is going to be pissed off. Like, oh shit, a strike. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I call you out, that just messed up your inning. Like you're out. You know, that that made the inning harder for you. No, you know what I mean? So every time you make a call as an umpire, it negatively and positively affects somebody, you know, out on the field. But you just got to get past that. That's just the job. That's the job you're doing. You're you can't worry about the emotions of of what they're going to be. Oh, if I call them out, you know, no, you just got to make the call. And I think the other thing is don't rush to make the call. Don't hurry up and already <laughs> me and you talk about this already already, right? They got the chainsaw wound up, ready to just boom, you're out of there. And it's like he's still sliding. <laughs> he's still sliding, but you're calling him out. You don't know he's gonna drop the ball. You don't know if he overslides over the bag. You ain't even seeing any of that shit yet. And you're all ready to call him out. You know, whether it's the time <laughs> clock about to go off, you know, and, and that's what I hate the timer about baseball. There is there shouldn't be a timer in baseball. <laughs> Because of these reasons, it does, I know for sure, make some of these umpires hurry up the game, you know, or if there's a way they know they, hey, we ain't trying to go extra innings today, right? We ain't trying to have no to. free baseball. Yeah, no free baseball. And, and you know, and, that, and that, what sucks is that's a poor attitude to have. I can understand yeah. it. You're in your sixth game of the day and you ain't trying to go extra innings. You want to get home. You haven't eaten real well. You're tired. You're dehydrated. You're sunburnt. Right, right, right. Like I get all the aspects of the position of the job, but you did also sign up to do six games today. You could have just took two and made your 120 bucks or 150 bucks or whatever it was and bounce, but you wanted to make $300 a day. So you make that $300, you're going to suffer some pain and suffering through that stuff, but don't take it out on the kids and the coaches and have a bad attitude about it. You still got to be out there trying to have fun and make this thing fun for the kids um, especially at the youth levels, like I said, you know, and, you know, with, with me, you know, I, I've, I actually got a, a, a really good friend out of umpiring um, in Little League. There's a kid I called out at third base and he jumped up. And he was like, no way. Right. <laughs> no way. I was saved. I got my hand in there, you know, or whatever. And, and this kid's like 10. He's like 10 and I'm 12. Right. So I'm two years older than this kid. And, you know, they were upset because it was just, it was a big call. It was at third base. And I, it was probably like the tying run or something like that or whatever. And he he just didn't get in there. And I called him out. You know what I mean? And uh, so he's upset. Well, come to find out um, this kid's dad, um, you know, it, it was like a, a, a split family. Well, this kid's dad lived across the street from my mom. And so I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm playing wiffle ball in my front yard one day. And this kid pulls up and hops out of the car. And he's like, Dad, that's that umpire that called me out at third base. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and it was the funniest thing. But you know what? For like the next five years, me and him played wiffle ball together in the front yard and uh, basketball. And he became like a good little buddy to me and stuff like that or whatever. So, you know, at the end of the day, 
we are all human and we can all be friends after this and stuff. And, you know, that's the other thing with me is like with umpires, I don't hold grudges. I do remember. I do remember every umpire that did me dirty. I'll remember every single one. And I will remember all the ones that are good. All the good guys that I know when I show up to the field and I see you there, I'm showing you love. You know, those guys are, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, glad you're here today. You know what I mean? Like, let them know they do a good job. I, I think we can, as coaches, do a better job of some, you know, sometimes we are always on top of the umpire, where I think in many cases, we could be more thankful to the good ones that are out there doing a good job. Um, and when I say a good job, they're not perfect. They're, we're not talking 100%. I'm just like, give me 80 to 90% good. You know what I mean? You make one bad call or, or a questionable call today, and that's the only issue with the game, I'm probably going to be okay with that. It's the three, four, and five mistakes that are really costing, you know, teams and ruining a game and altering how everyone feels about the game and, and pissing people off and, and causing issues and commotion and people complaining and, and just all the crap that comes, you know, comes and goes with it and stuff like that. So, you know, end of the day, my umpiring career, it was fun. I felt, yes, I can hop back there right now and probably do a really good job. I just umpired yesterday, uh, our, our scrimmage um, at, at Wilcox. You know, I'm doing it from behind the mound. Um, and some people, oh, well, that's easy, you know, whatever. Well, you're still got to stand there for, you know, nine innings. We did a nine inning game for nine innings and, you know, call balls and strikes and there's questionable pitches and you got batters looking at you like, what? You know, like, yeah, that's a strike. Sit your ass down, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think the other thing is as, as umpires, you know, just gotta be more confident about what you're doing. Take a little more time making your calls um, and, and try to better yourself because realistically, in this game, you know, someone told me, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was another good buddy, buddy of mine who, you know, played a lot of baseball. And he was like, Jim, just keep in mind, every good umpire, especially at the youth level, is not going to be there long. They're, because those guys are going to the NCAA, and then they're going pro, and then they're going to the MLB. And that's the pipeline for the really good umpires out there. The ones that are not really good, they're doing your youth games. They're, they're doing JV high school games. They're, you know, and they're, they're traveling all over to do these games. Um, and yeah, they're not going to be perfect. They're not always going to do a good job. They're going to have a bad day. Some of them are going to go to the car and down a bottle of Hennessy before they come do your game. Um, hey, it really does happen, guys. You know, it really does happen. Um, game, games are, are in their hands, you know, in some cases. And um, you know, my, my thoughts to all of this is I'd, I'd love to even personally, and I've thought about this for a while because of my experience as an umpire, because of what I know, because of how many umpires I know, I would love to get a group of people together and almost get like an umpire round table going and really like, let's, let's attack this issue and really try to help fix it and make it better. Because in order for baseball to continue to be good and enjoyable and encourage kids to play, because kids are you know, dropping by, you know, the dozens from this game. And it's for multiple reasons. I'm not blaming umpires for it, but it's all, it's the, it's everything. It's the totality of everything negative in the game, the bad coaching, you know, the, the bad umpires, the, the bad experiences, um, all those kind of things. They're all, go, they're all going together. The kids are quitting, but imagine, you know, we could start developing more umpires and getting more people to really try to come together, coaches and umpires working together to make this better for the kids 
Um, because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. It's all about having a good experience and giving, you know, teams a fair chance to play each other and, and feel like they left today feeling like, hey, if we lost, we lost. You know what I mean? We, we didn't have to play the other team and the umpires today. Um, and there's a lot of that just going on right now. We got to figure out how to fix it. Nobody's trying to fix it. And, and that's a big issue. You know, when you got a problem, it's glaring you right in the face and you just keep looking past it and looking past it. Well, the first problem is why are we losing umpires and why aren't we refilling the umpires, you know, and, and getting more in? And we got to figure that out. And, you know, some people are saying, I see it all the time. Well, it's the abuse they take. You got parents behind home plate. Oh, you suck. That was a ball, you know, and, you know, and whatever they're yelling. And, and a lot of times it's, it's negative stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's rare them, you know, someone's behind home plate. Wow. That was a great call blue, you know, good job. You're doing such a good job back there. Oh, that was another good one, man. Like nobody's doing that. Right. So yeah, we know it's a tough job. You got to have thick skin. Um, you got to tuck your ears in and, and not be listening to all the outside negativity. Um, but there is a lot of it. And then you got the coach down the sideline too, chirping on you too, because he's catching all your faults, everything you did wrong. You know, he's calling you out on it and you're hearing it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, those things make the job tough, but it is your job. That's what you got to deal with. And we got to teach umpires to deal with those things and how to handle those situations better um, because there is ways to handle that. And in some cases, it's, I think me and you talked about it. An umpire can simply say, hey, time out, guys. Go walk out. Head coach, come see me. You know, let's talk real quick. Hey, man, I'm doing the best I can. I might have missed some calls today, but I, I really am trying to do the best job I can today. If you know, if I could do better, I'm going to keep trying to do better, but you know, take it easy, take it easy. I'm just out, out here trying to do my best. You know, th there could be some conversations, some ways to go about it. I'm not saying that's exactly what you got to say or how to do it, but there's, there's an approach, I guess, that I'm looking for that not all umpires have. Some walk out there with this chip on their shoulder, like they got something to prove while they're behind home plate. And some walk out there like my buddy, Troy, who's, you know, you do know he's out there because he's out there having a good time. He's enjoying his job and he's trying to also make sure you're enjoying being out there while you're out there uh, in a game he's umpiring. Um, you yeah. know, I got umpires that uh, they, they got music. They bring music with them and hook it up to the fence. And in between innings, he's popping on the music, you know, and he's got the new jams going on or whatever and stuff like that. Um, and, and the kids enjoy it. You know, just, again, ways to cut the tension a little bit. You know, because there's always that tension, like, how's our umpires going to be today? There is, as a coach, you, you, you're factoring that stuff. You're going into your championship game. Man, who's going to be behind the dish for us today? Because a lot of times we do know each other. We, we've had that umpire five times, you know, and we, we know what we're getting. As soon as we see him walk onto the field, oh, shit. You know, here, here's what it's going to be like today. I'll be honest, as soon as I see an umpire, I go right to my dugout. I'm going to tell him, right, hey, here's what it's going to be like today, you know, um, that, that's really what's going on. And so, you know, the, the experience that I think our umpires are bringing to games can be better. I think we can help them with it. I think we can help come up with plans to get more umpires to want to do this job. We need to start teaching our youth. We need to start having more umpire camps to start teaching kids how to be an umpire. Um, even if they don't, you know, know a whole lot about doing it, that's fine. You got to start somewhere. Um, and, and again, let's face it, that's what Little League is. Little League is, that's the place for it. This is where you learn how to umpire. This is where you learn how to play the game. Um, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Coaches 
aren't going to have a lot of experience sometimes also in little league. So th there's a lot of learning going on at the, at the little league level. And we got to get more umpires to the little leagues and start teaching kids how to do these things, especially the kids that are kind of like, Hey, I love baseball, but I don't think I want to play anymore. Or I don't think, you know, I just don't think I'm good enough maybe, but I really want to be a part of baseball in, in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. We all know there's, there's hundreds of jobs in baseball where you don't have to have any kind of baseball skills whatsoever. Um, you know, there's front, that's what the front off front office is, right? Not everybody in the front office was a former major leaguer. Oh. You know, um, I got a kid who played for me at Homestead high school. Um, and, and he actually turned into a pretty damn good player. I really thought he could play at the college level, um, <laughs> but he ended up tearing up one of his knees or whatever. And it, it seemed like it kind of, you know, it, it kind of stopped him from playing, but he ended up getting into analytics at his college. Um, and he got, he started doing analytics for the, the baseball team there. And this kid's analytics ability was off the hook. Like, this is what he does. Like now he's telling you, Ron, exactly what's wrong with your swing and what you're swinging at that you shouldn't be swinging at and when you should be swinging, you know, he's doing all that stuff and giving you the information and it's up to you to go do something with it. And that's what he's doing for his college team. And, uh, I think that's pretty dope, but I mean, we what need to that? what's that? What team is that? What college team? Uh, you know, I forget what college he went to. Uh, his name's Noah. No, the, the one, the one he's giving all the information to now, who he's working with now. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I forgot, I forgot where he's going. I, I got to find out. I'm going to get a hold of him. I'm yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot where he's at, but I, I can get you connected with him. His name's Noah Thurm. So Noah, what's up, man. If you're out there listening to this, yeah. um, but yeah, man, you know, he, uh, that, that, that was another route for him. You know what I mean? And so umpiring is another route for those that love baseball, but Maybe that maybe you can't play the game anymore. Maybe an injury, something happened to you and you can't play. We need umpires. We need more. We need youthful umpires. Um, Cause like we said, we're getting older and it's no disrespect to the older guys that have been around umpiring for 30, 40, 50 years. There's no disrespect to them. I, I applaud you for doing that job for that long. However, to, for all of it, my career came to an end. Your career came to an end. All of our careers in baseball come to an end at some point. And we got to move on and go golf and go fishing and, and do something else or go coach or, or, or whatever it might be, give back to the game in, in, in different ways. And, and, and maybe some of those older guys need to be part of a training crew instead of actually going out and doing the umpiring anymore. They're, they're part of the knowledge base because they still got knowledge. It's not like they don't know how to umpire the game anymore. They've just lost the ability to be consistent enough anymore at, at the youth levels and it could be because of vision or hearing or wh whatever or just the body you know your body breaks down over a course of time you know what I mean and all of us got bad knees and the thing is you know if you're an umpire that stands up behind the catcher and you're looking down into the strike zone I promise you your strike zone is going to be totally different than another umpire who gets down low and it's just looking right over the, the the catcher's shoulder into the zone and you know you your, your, your eyesight, you know, your vision is just going to be different. It's the same reason why when we fill the ground ball, we don't stand tall. We get low, we get wide, we get low. so we can see the hops, you know, and that's going to help me fill the ball better. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, positioning on the field, positioning behind home plate, um, all those kind of things, they all need to get taught and nobody's really teaching these things and, and making the adjustments and, you know, we need to help do that. So I think we need to try and figure out, how we can get something together maybe me and you can you know somehow come up with a with a plan and start getting some people together and maybe actually take some action on this at some point um because somebody does because all we're doing right now is just complaining um and picking it apart 
and and bringing it to light, uh, which is easy to do. You know, you can always talk about something negative all day long, but what are you going to do to actually change, make change, you know, and do something different and, and, and help. Uh, so I, I do want to be a part of the help. You know, I want to be a part of the support. I, I do want to be a part of making it better because I know what it's like. When we got good umpires, man, it, the, the game is so much better. The game is so much better when, when, when we just let the kids play and we know that it was a fair fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we can accept our losses and our wins when, when those things happen and, um, and hold each other accountable to the real things that we need to hold each other accountable for the errors, the, the, the walks, the, you know, the, the striking out looking, you know, what, whatever it is um, that we need to hold our kids accountable for. And instead of having conversations after games with our team, like, you know, Hey I, guys, I know you're frustrated, you know, the zone sucked today. And, you know, you know, I, I hate the, I just hate those excuses. I hate having those, as what I got to talk about, you know, after a game um, or just be completely disappointed and disgusted after a game and not even, you know, and not really have anything to talk about afterwards about baseball. We got to talk about umpiring. And it's like, I don't want to do that, you know? So, um, you know, one, one other thing about, you know, parents and coaches getting on top of the, the umpires and stuff like that. Um, Cause I know, I know that that happens. It's at every game. It's every weekend. It's, you know, you, you got people talking shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, you know, you, you played pro baseball, man. You played in the major leagues and everyone, I'm sure you had people in the, in the stands probably, Hey, Ron, you suck. You know, I'm, I'm sure that happened to you. Right. Yeah. 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 Tell now, me. now you as a player, how did you handle hearing things like that? And I'm sure you heard way worse. Right. Hey, I smile, man. That's your job. Like I know I'm somebody. If I can make 15,000 people talk to me, <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say to them. That's how I know who's in charge here. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I thought it was great, man. That's the fans' job to try to get me to focus on anything other than tearing their team's ass apart. If you can, if you can get my focus off of that, you did your job. So I, I played. I I used to play back and forth with them. You know, sometimes yeah. I would. Sometimes I would acknowledge them. Sometimes I wouldn't. Hey. Sometimes I'd throw a ball up there. Sometimes I'd fake like I was throwing one up there, you yeah. know? Uh, sometimes I'd tell them, man, if there was somebody up there with an Expo shirt, I'd throw the ball up here, you know? <laughs> Something like But, I mean, hey, that's all part of the game, man. I'm, I'm all for that. I didn't let that get in my head for the most part. I can't even think of one time it actually did bother me. But I can tell you this, though. You're talking about fans. This is off the umpire. You're talking about fans. I played in Philadelphia one time. You know how you – kicking the grass around in the outfield. And I'm looking around. It's a bunch of batteries and quarters and ice cubes. And I'm oh, like, man, God, dog. What's all this? So when I'm coming off the field, Bobby Abreu coming on and I stop him. I'm like, Bobby, what's all that shit out there in the field, man? He's like, man, they hate me here, man. They throwing stuff at me. <laughs> <laughs> So I never, hey, he, you got his hometown. That's the hometown fans, right? The Philly, the Philly fans are, are nuts, man. But and, and he was a good player, but for yeah. whatever reason, you know, he pissed them off and they throwing stuff at him and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, man. And, and I want to, I want to end it on this one, Jim. I got to get down here to these children. Yeah. But. I think the best thing I ever did in my life was when I started keeping track, keeping a scouting report on all the mm-hmm. umpires in our league. Because 
It's just like pitchers, just like players. Man, I want to have an idea going in what I'm about to see. Who behind the play? Oh, Jim behind the play today? Man, Jim like to call that low one. You know what I mean? I got to, you know, I oh, Jim back there? Oh, man, don't even steal a base today. You know what I mean? He like to stay out too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or So I, I just started keeping scouting reports on the umpires. And when you get to the big leagues, it's even better because they do it for you. And it'll be like the pregame meeting. Hey, Doug Eddings behind the plate. He likes to call the ball in. He, he got a good vision on the ball in, the ball away. He'll give you a little bit. He Or, or he got a pitcher strike zone. He got a hitter strike zone. You just know so you can come up with your game plan right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, that's that's the best thing that helped me because that's stuff that we could control at the end of yeah. the day. Like, I've got to do my homework on this guy now. I know what I got I'm facing going in. I can set up my game plan around this. Look, man, you wasting your time taking strike one today because if you get to strike two, he will ring you up on something out the zone. So you got to make them first two count. You know, you just, you just come up with a better plan around, yeah. around the umpire. But at the end of the day, Jim, it's like you said, you, you shouldn't have to do that. People should be able to do their job. But unfortunately, even at the big league level, some are good, some are better than others. That's the way it is. Yeah, they still make mistakes. That's why we have review, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that everyone does need to understand. Like, umpires are not going to be perfect, especially at the youth levels. You have to expect some mistakes. True. Because they're making the mistakes at the highest level of the game. Yeah. They're making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. They're wrong on safe and outs. They're, they're wrong on balls and strikes sometimes. They're really, really good, but they've also, you know, they're just going to make mistakes. They're human beings. Whatever I saw at whatever my angle is, and this game is about angles, you can see something totally different on the other side of the field than the other side of the field, you know? Right. So I, I, I want you to – can you end it on, on your story? You told me about the umpire that you got into it with uh, when, when you were playing the game, and, and we ended on that because I think, I think the, the parents and people following would love to hear that story real quick. I just think the gist of the story is we're all human. And sometimes people don't like you just because the way you walk or the way you carry yourself yeah. or, or I learned this one, the, the kind of walk up music you have. Yeah. I turn my walk up music off once people started hipping me to that. Like sometimes we're all human. I'm the same way. There's umpires I don't like. He did nothing to me. But just the way he acts on the field, the way something I don't like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I had one of those situations with an umpire, and I can tell because every time he's behind the plate, I'm getting rung up on nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like every time. So finally it got to the point, hey, man, what did, did I do something to offend you? Do you have something personal against me? Because, I listen, I'm watching the game. You ain't calling this on everybody else. It's something yeah. against me. You can't wait to, you can't wait to ring me up. And I knew because he got defensive about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go back to the dugout. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I get it. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make a point here because I'm trying to get this stuff to stop. So I'm getting on him. You're going to have to kick me out. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. But the point was, let's clear the air, man, because I'm going to be in this league for the rest of the year. You're going to be in the league the rest of the year. I'm trying to get to the big leagues and I ain't going to get there if you keep ringing me up on nonsense, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I had to get on. But anyway, uh, 
And your coach had your back. Your coach had your yeah, back. That's yeah, what so, I liked about this story, too. So I'm telling us, I'm in AAA with the Mets at the time. Head coaches, uh, the managers, uh, Ken Oberfeld, yeah. long-time Braves player. And so when I get back, when Ken comes out there, he hears us going back and forth, tell Ken, nah, this dude got something personal against me. This ain't even baseball. Yeah. This ain't even baseball. I don't know what it is, Ken. He's like, nah, this guy's crazy. He's telling me, keep telling Ken I'm crazy. You know, nah. You don't like the way I walk. You don't like something about me, man. <laughs> and so let's let's get this. Just leave the field. Now nah, I'm not leaving till you tell me why you keep bringing me up on nonsense. You know. So anyway, after the game, I'm talking with Ken. I'm telling Ken, man. You know, you see, you see what's going on this whole year with this guy. Blah blah blah. So he told me, he's like, hey, man. Next time we got him, if anything happens, you don't say a word. I got him. And I'm telling you, Jim. First pitch was a strike. It was a strike to me. The guy. It was a strike to him. Ken from the dugout, don't start that bullshit on my guy this game. You better not start that shit today. <laughs> so, I mean, there's ways to handle umpires. Yeah. But I think the best way is to be proactive. Yeah. Like, with I played with – this is the last one I'm going to give you. Benito Santiago. Yeah. Benito Santiago was a genius because he would alert umpires to what was about to happen. Mm. Hey, we about to throw a two-seamer in. Every time I tap your leg, that means we're going to throw a two-seamer in. Now, it's going to start off the plate, but stick with it. It's going to come back. You got to stick with it. You're going to see it off the plate. You got to stick with it. So every time I tap you, stick with it. Benito getting calls this far off the plate because yeah. you see what I'm saying? So yeah, he worked it. He worked like, it. When you've been around the game a lot, you learn those little tricks of the trade, things like that. But that's the only way to really get umpires to move the way you want because they all human. I don't know about yeah. you, Jim, but if you come at me, my first response to you is, "Yep, I got nothing for you, bro. You, you, <laughs> you know what I mean?" So yeah, it is all it is all about kind of relationship building to some extent to to get off on the right foot, I guess. Yeah, sense. yeah, that's all it is. So anyway, man, that's good talk. I got to get up out of here, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Umpires, as usual, look, they coming in here now. They can't, they can't. What's up, guys? <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, good talk, man. Uh, we'll get at it next week. Good luck this Saturday with Aragon, man. Take yeah, definitely. You're going to make it out there? I'm going to try, man. Take it easy on my boy, Jay Jeremiah. It's my mother-in-law's birthday Saturday. She lived right around the, my, my, my wife graduated from Aragon. Oh, so man. She lived right around the corner, so I might, I might make it out there, man. What time's uh, again? Tell your wife I, I apologize, but we're trying to give him that L on Saturday, baby. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Don't no, you better not give him a scout report. You better not." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did my homework already. I'm oh, good. You know that already. What what time's the game? Uh, one o'clock. Yeah, I might do that. I might do that. All right, man. Hey, until next week, guys. Yeah. Good Jim show. Perico and Ron Calloway. We out, man. Peace. Later.